Welcome everyone to a special bonus episode of Everything EOS. I'm Zach Gall, an ICO data analyst at ICO Alert, the trusted ICO discovery platform. We've received tons of feedback asking us to bring on more guests to the show, so I hope you all enjoy this one. I hope to continue to do more bonus episodes like this one each week in addition to the weekly news recaps that I've been doing with Rob Finch for about the last five months. For this week's bonus episode, I sat down with the founder and CEO of an EOS project called Lumios. I first learned about Lumios through uh, their, their head of social marketing, Doug Aronson. I'd known Doug for about a year now, since the summer of 2017. We used to be community admins for the identity uh, platform Civic. So when Doug had mentioned that he was working on a new EOS project called Lumios, I let him know I, I wanted to start bringing on more guests. So he got me in touch with Ali Ayash, their, their CEO and founder. Lumios just launched their beta application a few days ago on August 1st. You can still sign up to be a beta tester. Uh, you can go to their website, lumios.io. Uh, Lumios, they'll be doing an initial air, uh, token airdrop to the beta testers, and then they're eventually going to airdrop to all EOS token holders as well. And I just want to remind everyone to please continue to let us know your thoughts on the show by liking, subscribing, or leaving comments on YouTube, iTunes, or SoundCloud. We read all of your messages and appreciate all of the feedback you provide. Now, without further ado, this is Everything EOS. All right, I'm here today with Ali Ayash, uh, the CEO and founder of Lumios, who's building a, a dApp on, on EOS. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and tell them a little bit about your project? Um, hey, yeah, thanks. Uh, um, so we're working on uh, building a project called Lumios. It's a kind of a decentralized uh, infrastructure for data sharing, uh, as well as a, a mobile application that comes with it on the EOS blockchain. So um, before uh, before Lumios, uh, I was a lead engineer and co-founder at uh, B Token, uh, decentralized uh, home sharing pl platform on the Ethereum blockchain. That was like my first uh, venture into a, a blockchain space. Uh, before that, I was a software engineer at Google, Amazon, and uh, mostly building uh, distributed systems uh, worldwide. So I jumped into blockchain, and uh, it was. Uh, Pretty much fascinated uh, early on with Ethereum and then this year with uh, EOS, mainly because of the scalability. And I wanted to build a uh, something like that users that we can get to mainstream users. And it felt right to uh, get something out. And 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 the 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 reason why we build Lumios is because we want to kind of reimagine the way we share data online. Um, yeah. So what, what, what was your role at, at Google and Amazon? Obviously, those are two huge company names and the fact that, that you have experience working there. What, what was your day-to-day -day role there? As a oh, so I was, um, I was a software engineer, a distributed systems software engineer. Cool. Any, any cool projects that we would, as the public, would know of or, or was it just stuff that was kind of in-house? Yeah, actually, I mean, it might not be too much secret, but like uh, every single time you use Amazon, you hit some code that I've written which is uh, which I feel like is pretty cool. That, that's awesome. Um, so, how long have you been in the blockchain space? At what where where did you work first, Amazon or Google? Oh yeah, so I, I was at Amazon Seattle for um, for around three years, and then uh, I uh, moved to San Francisco, worked for Google for a couple of years, and then uh, I started blockchain while I was still in Google. Like I started experimenting, mostly investing as well. Got bit by and, a bug. Yeah, and then uh, later, uh, that was uh, early 2017, 
And uh, when I actually committed and, and quit Google, the like uh, in Q Q three twenty seventeen, just started uh, working on on a um, the the blockchain company B Token. That's what uh, got me into more of um, like actual doing rather than just like being on the side. And B-Token was a pretty successful ICO. They're, they're building on Ethereum, I believe. And, and I remember there was a lot of buzz around them earlier this year. When, when was that ICO? In January? Yeah, yeah. So we launched our um, uh, token to the... We did an actual ICO, like a token offering uh, in uh, uh, end of January, January 31st. Uh, so w- with experience building a, a pretty major project on Ethereum and now you're, you're building on EOS, I, I saw you have some YouTube videos where you're kind of explaining the differences between the two. So what are some of the disadvantages, or not disadvantages, some of the weaknesses of Ethereum that, and some of the problems you couldn't solve that led you down, down the path to finding EOS and deciding to build your next big project on EOS? Yeah, so, so I guess from like a developer perspective, um, with Ethereum, you have, to count, you have to take so many things into consideration that you wouldn't usually do if you're building something like in the cloud or in it, like a regular centralized uh, cloud-based system. For instance, uh, when you deploy something, uh, when, when you deploy your application, your users, in order to interact with your smart contract through your application, there is this uh, concept of a ga- gas cost where you need to be connected to the blockchain, you need to send a transaction, you need to pay for it and, and, and then expense it in, in a sense. And it, it, the fact, it, it comes from the fact that Ethereum is mostly transactional. And move, for, move on to the EOS blockchain, the, the, the paradigm kind of is different. The DAP developer pays ahead of time for their users, meaning that's what the concept of staking uh, or staking EOS in order to get to RAM to power your uh, your DAP on EOS. So in a sense, the, the user doesn't have to worry about paying any of these gas costs. And then all the transactions that the users do that are blockchain-backed will be for free. So that, in a sense, changes the UX um, from from a, like the traditional Ethereum UX into the EOS UX, where the it's very familiar to the user the way uh, like how to use a decentralized application on EOS, which is huge because our goal is to become mainstream, become like get to all the users out there, and for that they, we don't want to teach them something new. Instead, let's give them something familiar and uh, be able to get them more interested in in, in the blockchain. That's one of the, 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 the reasons. The other reason is mostly uh, scalability. I know, I know that Ethereum is working on scalability of the tr- number of transactions per second to increase uh, to thousands in the future. But for now, there, there's a lot of limitations in Ethereum if you're trying to launch something big uh, and the network can get congested very easily. On the other hand, with EOS, you just get the or bandwidth stake. Now you, you own some part of the network regardless of all the other applications that are running. And it's scalable from day one. Like I think this week, uh, the number of transactions per second has peaked at three thousand for EOS, and it's just slated to become. Uh, it just scales over time without major changes to the ecosystem, which is huge. From coming from a uh, um, like from Amazon, which at, at some, some days of the year is we reach millions and millions of transactions per second. So it, it just it just made sense for me from a scalability perspective to go with the EOS ecosystem for this new project. So I, I guess the core functionality of, of your app from day one is that there will be users taking pools and then they'll own that data and it'll get distributed uh, based on different permissions. So an example of a limitation of Ethereum would be if I would take a survey as an end user, I would have to pay gas to submit my poll 
basically, because I'd have to transmit my, my response to the blockchain. Is, is that my, on the right track here? Yeah, it's like one, one, one uh, way. Some other ways I've seen developers do on Ethereum is they, they have a gas pool from the company that pays for these transactions for the users. But still, like, yeah, the interaction, you have to be logged in on, on a website and you need to have MetaMask and, and, and or Mist. And then you you would be able to um, interact with with the actual application to to answer polls. So we wanted to go like with a different route. We wanted to build a mobile DApp, something that that we wouldn't be able to to actually do effectively um, with Ethereum and the current ecosystem. I think they're working on some tools for it. But the way we're doing it is the mobile app. You will log in using your EOS account. And now you tied in your EOS identity with the data that you provide. And then the data that you provide will live on your phone. And uh, some of it can go to the blockchain if you allow it. And if you do allow it, you will always get it encrypted using a private key on your phone. And no one will be able to have access to it, even if it goes on the blockchain, unless you give them the permission to. So basically the data is housed... So the data from all of these poll answers or information about your age, gender, things like that, that would all be on your, your phone stored locally? Um, so I'm talking about the user's data. So there's two kinds of data that we're talking about here. So the user's personal information, anything personal will not, will not be owned by anyone other than the user. So the data will be, yes, like gender, location, address, um, date of birth, and uh, like employer expertise. These kind of information are user data owned, and um, they they can they they will not be any any like only the user will have access to it. There's the other other data. So like we mentioned, we're launching a polling application where where we just ask simple questions and answer. And when the user answers these questions, they can choose whether they want their data to also be part of the answer. So the, the, their personal data will be anonymized in the end, and then it will be encrypted, and then it will be stored on the blockchain. Um, as part of the answer, as part of the poll, so that that then the full data, the full result of a poll will be all like encrypted and, and anonymized and aggregated. And then this kind of data is useful for analytics company and and as and and if they end up paying for it, the users who participated and who decided to share some of their information in the poll uh, will get rewarded with our um, Lumios back token. So. What 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 is the problem you're trying to solve? Yeah, so so the main problem is today we we just we just like share so much data online, and the the fact is you when you share data on a website, a blogging site, YouTube, Instagram, and social media, you're not owning you don't own any of the data that you share. It's owned by the companies that are hosting. Um, uh, the centralized companies, basically. And because they own it, they can dictate how much you can make out of it, if any, and how much uh, and, and, and who has access to it. You can control its privacy, definitely, but there might always be some bugs. And I, I guess like the major thing that, that kind of uh, put this into perspective is what happened with Cambridge Analytica, which is a bug in Facebook allowed a app developer to have access to millions of users' data, with, even though those people didn't actually share those data with um, that third-party app. So bugs can happen. Um, with a blockchain, we can actually solve this issue from its root. The root cause of these things is the fact that the users is not owning their data. So we're starting with the ownership perspective. When you own your user data, you can do anything with it, including putting the terms of your monetization, 
and at the same time, fully controlling its privacy. So what what is what is the dollar value of on on something like a Facebook? What what is like my personal data worth to, to I guess market researchers or whoever uh, the the people or companies would be who'd be interested in all of this pool data and, and analyzing it? What 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 is an individual's data actually worth in, in dollars on the current system? Yeah, so that's a great question. And the answer is it depends, but I can give you like an average dollar value for from, from I think from Facebook's earnings um, previously. So I think a, an, on average, um, a user on Facebook, the data the data for a user on Facebook is around thirty dollars a year, based on like regular access. And this doesn't sound like too much data, uh, too much money. But they kind of add up. If you uh, if you actually share so much of your life on Facebook, that number can go up to hundreds of dollars a year, maybe even thousands of dollars. And if you if you talk about all kind of online activity that you do, that number goes easily to like become like in the tens of thousands uh, of dollars a year. And this is kind of a missed opportunity. I mean, for the users who, especially the ones who are sharing viral content. On, on social media and, and, and whatnot, they're not getting the what they actually deserve uh, from it. Um, but yeah, most most important is the fact that we want to educate the user that data is equal money, <laughs> which is something that we've not we we've not like in the internet age. We're we're used to just sharing any kind of data without having to worry about like whether oh it's it's actually worth something. Uh, on the other hand, there's something as simple as an email address in marketing. It has a cost on it because now that it's, it's not the fact that it's one email, it's the fact that the aggregation of so many emails and being able to target email anyone in like a certain area is huge from a marketing perspective. And that's why like an, an email address even have its own value, uh, a dollar value associated with it. So who, who are the uh, future users on, on the Lumius platform going to be? So you have the end users who are uh, sharing their data, completing the pools. But is there another user type that's interested in, in uh, um, offering to purchase that data and that, that uh, would be paid for in Lumios and it would be distributed to, to the pool takers? Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the way we want to start this is users to users, meaning... Um, we're, we're targeting crypto community. We're asking crypto questions, and prospective investors will be interested to see some some of these breakdowns, and they would be interested in paying for those answers. But in the future, we want to expand this to basically anyone. Once we come up with some viral polls, we start work, we're working with advertiser bro- brokers in order to basically uh, allow uh, to to make to to tell them that we have this kind of data and what kind of information would you be interested in. In order uh, to pay for it, and how much would you pay for these things? And they come through us. They pay us whether it's in in, in actual fiat or or in uh, cryptocurrency. And we always do the conversion to Lumios at that point, and then give the creator of the poll something back. The participants on the poll will give them something, and then we'll take a small cut as well. So that's like the basic idea on on the platform. There's the user, the poll creator. The poll participants and then the broker, the the, the the people who wants to buy this data, whether they are advertisers or regular users or small businesses. Cool. So, I, I know you guys uh, ha- have a big release here coming up. Hopefully, we'll get this uh, podcast published for for it. But wh- where is the company at today? What are you working on? Um, how, what's your funding model for for yourselves? Um, and I'll, I'll let you go from here. Yeah, we've been working on this for a few months, self funded. 
Um, we believe in like, so, so we, I noticed last year we've been in the blockchain space. So many ICOs got funded just for writing a white paper. This is not ideal. This is not scalable. We want to go as a traditional company, like a traditional startup, come up with an idea, build a, a quick prototype and MVP, get some users to use it and get their feedback and then go for a funding stage. So that's why like at this point, um, we have a mobile application. Uh, we have a mobile, uh, I guess, decentralized application that uh, we've been testing internally and we're opening it up for our beta users uh, August 1st. We have a list of um, hundreds of users, we're over 500 users now who are um, uh, interested in testing out our beta and giving us feedback throughout August. So yeah, we're, we're very excited about that. Um, as for funding, we're looking um, at this point, um, now that we have an application out, out there that works and and have a vision for the few coming years. Uh, we're looking for a seed round at this point, um, mainly targeting the like the EOS uh, big EOS uh, backers uh, VCs. Uh, what, what kind of interactions have you had with the EOS VCs so far, or any VCs really? Because right now, um, from my research, you guys raised a private round of funding, or are you in the process of that private round of funding? Yeah, we're right now. We're in the in, in the process. We were talking to, I mean, traditional VCs, um, people who are in the Ethereum space, people who are EOS uh, heavy. EOS people understand the idea immediately; they love it. Um, Ethereum people are also kind of jumping on EOS at this point, which is very interesting. Like, it took it took a while, but but once they are like convinced of why we decided to build on EOS versus Ethereum, they were like, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, from, from both like an engineering perspective and from a marketing perspective. So we're getting some good traction. Uh, at this point, we want to make sure to like limit it to um, people uh, like like to um, uh, very few small round because um, once we launch our token and have our utility established, then we go for a actual private sale um, for you, for the actual token at this point, given that we don't have a token, um, uh, we're, we're going for a seed round in equity. Yeah. So first of all, I, I respect the, the way you are going about this because one of the biggest frustrations for me is ICO is raising uh, upwards, sometimes 30 or more million dollars with nothing more than a white paper. Uh, the fact that you wanted to have a working application with, with a user base of 500 plus get feedback, uh, private funding. And, and right now the funding is equity into the Lumios, the company, right? This isn't a, a token sale round. Um, yeah. So still pending some of our legal um, uh, meetings, but basically we're doing a convertible equity, which is kind of a new way of doing this. We want to have our token Lumios as a utility token. And if you, if you, if we get investor money at this point, given that the token is not on the main net yet, it's not considered a utility because the investor or the buyer of the token will be investing, will be basically getting, getting a, uh, buying a security. So what we did, what we want to do for this round, uh, and, and any, any kind of funding that we get before the launch of the token and proven utility of the token is a equity round where you, like the buyers or the, 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 the users who are interested in, uh, coming in will, by equity in the company that they can convert into tokens once the token is uh, is uh, proven to become a utility token. So we're giving the investor the the option to basically give us back the equity and get the tokens for 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 better liquidity on their end, which is what most crypto invest investors are looking for. So could could you kind of walk me through the timeline from now until let's say a year from now of 
what else is going to be happening? Because I, I, I've read different things about some airdrops, but and then the private funding, and then if you do a public round, why don't, why don't you walk us through from August first when when your your mobile app launches uh, throughout the next year? Like yeah, so our, we have a, we have a lot of milestones, but basically let's start with uh, August first. August first, we're launching the app, the mobile app, and we're uh, working on a um, on the seed round, uh, the seed equity round at this point. In uh, September, we're opening up the app for anyone basically and and basically launching our utility and during that month we're planning to do an airdrop mainly we want to do an airdrop but we don't want to use the genesis snapshot so we're still studying we're, we're, we're finalizing it's um uh how we're planning to do it and mainly we want to reward any new eos comers because none of the airdrops that happened already have done this. All, all took a snapshot of the EOS, all the EOS users on Genesis. In order to get, I mean, EOS for mass adoption, it just you need to always reward the new users who are coming in. So it just makes sense. And so we're doing a, a, a small airdrop for the EOS holders. And uh, we're still also studying it a bit, given the latest RAM issues, because it will be very expensive to do that. So we're, we're uh, looking into other alternatives, like the air grab model from, from Scatter or um, a smart drop that we're, we're trying to put together at this point. But then we want to do another wave of airdrops for, for people who actually downloaded our application, put in their data, verified it, and started using our app. Basically, we want to reward users on our platform, mainly like the early users, through another round of airdrops, specifically for those accounts that are running. And uh, that will have the, the more, more of the tokens, because in the end, we want to, those users <coughs> to use the tokens on our website and on our mobile app. Uh, later on, we want to expand outside of crypto users, and um, we were, plan- we're, we're launching our um, campus ambassador program because we want to educate students on blockchain and on data privacy and data ownership issues. So it just makes sense to... Uh, Pretty much like infiltrate all the colleges and the Bitcoin clubs, which we, we've done already, and um, um, and, and then um, and then later on we'll just continue moving and and, and getting it onto um, any kind of website rather than just like leaving it within our mobile app. Uh, we in October and November we're uh, launching our SDK um, so that we can embed these polls into news websites like um, uh, mainly crypto news websites. And uh, we'll, we'll be able to convert a lot of crypto users into our ecosystem that way. Uh, and then I guess later on next year, uh, early next year and late next year, we'll be focusing on mostly getting users and keeping them in, in, in our ecosystem and, and growing it as, soon, as much as possible. The ultimate vision is to pretty much like reimagine the data sharing online, meaning instead of sharing something that you don't own, anything that you share will be your own. And it's 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 just the, the future experience. It's uh, it just makes sense to, uh, to to do something about it. So the seed round is uh, uh, is actually a, a small part of the funding. We are also looking. We're not doing a public sale per se, like an ICO or a token generation event. Instead, we're doing a private sale. Um, uh, a private sale for selling thirty percent of our tokens and then keeping thirty percent for our pool. Um, and then um, th- that 30% will be sold after the utility in September. Um, so it's probably our private sale will go over um, four weeks in uh, end of September. So for anyone listening that wants to get in touch with you or get involved in these private sales or, or learn more about your project on a personal level, how, how do they get a hold of you? Um, I, I guess the best way is to sign up on our uh, website or, or go to our Telegram. So we're on like we're on lumios.io, L-U-M-E-O-S.io. 
And uh, our telegram is t.me slash Lumios. Awesome. Um, so you mentioned the, the cost of doing the airdrops. Uh, what, what is your experience been? We've talked about on the show the, the RAM market and the RAM prices. They, they've kind of leveled off, but they're still kind of expensive. So w- what effect has the, the RAM market had on your plans of, of, of your token release? Yeah, for sure. Like we had some, we had some delays mainly, technical delays mainly because we didn't have, we didn't take that into consideration. Like the act, what happened with the inflation and the RAM prices. So for instance, like for our first users, we're going for bring your own EOS accounts. Um, but for later users, we'll probably create their accounts for them. Um, but we have to be careful because they're going to be expensive. It's going to be expensive, especially in our vision of reaching a million users very quickly. Um, it also gave us the, opportunity to look into other uh alternatives that are like i mean like telos for instance has been doing uh, some interesting work on reducing the price of ram on their own uh, thing so we're just like exploring these things and from a technical perspective we're kind of uh, changing the design a bit so that we uh, optimize for ram just to make sure that we're not wasting um uh, because now it's now another precious resource that we need to care about uh, in our development so you're you're investigating some of the EOS forks, you're not necessarily going to use the mainnet or are you leaning towards one and not the other? Or are you just still kind of feeling it out still? It's, it's an exploration phase. Uh, and it, it's mainly got uh, on our, on our plate specifically because of, of the recent frame issues. Um, I, I, EOS forks is basically any code that works on EOS will work on an EOS fork. It's again, any project should be interested in investigating those, uh, whether they end up, building something or not on them it's uh it's, it's based on the investigation so you guys you guys recently brought on um we we mentioned briefly the esvc funds and I'm, I'm sure you're in touch with them i'll ask about that experience in a minute here but you guys just brought on an advisor from one of the only one of only two projects that have been announced to be funded by the esvc funds they're funded by galaxy digital uh you guys brought on uh i'm, I'm gonna mess his name up Kedar Ayer, from, he's the director of software at Everipedia. You, you want to talk about his role a little bit and how you, how you got in touch with him and what role he plays on advising for your project? Yeah. Um, in fact, like I met, uh, met Kedar um, in uh, LA. I was in one of um, DNA Fund's uh, events that were happening. And DNA is also very big on EOS, uh, and, and they're in Santa Monica. And when I talked to him about the project, he was very interested. Uh, we, we met with him. We went actually with the EOS with the Everpedia team uh, over in LA, and uh, they were very interested in our project. So what we did is uh, I, I talked to Keda. He was uh, he was at that point still like finalizing the airdrop for Everpedia. So we talked a lot about the airdrop and how we can do uh, various things on EOS. Uh, he's a very technical guy, so. Um, he's, he's, he's basically helping, he, he's uh, been advising us, uh, for the last month, mainly on like any, any EOS issues that we're, we're, we're facing, um, and what to do with like RAM problems. So he's, he's been very helpful uh, on, on that as well. And, um, mostly helping us out with our token, with our airdrops. Has as well. he been able to get you in touch with anyone, let's say at Galaxy Digital, for example, since we have these funds, we have a billion dollars of funds that Block One is distributing. They're in the process of distributing to individual VC funds. Galaxy Digital is the biggest one. They got funded with $325 million from Block One, and all they want to do is fund EOS projects, the, the best ones, though. So what has your experience been with any of the ESVC funds? Have you been in, in talks with any of them? Yeah, I recently got an intro to Galaxy, and I've been—they uh, were—they were very excited about the project. So 
I'm uh, following up with them for sure. They're located in New York, um, and 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 they're very excited about. They're always excited when you t- when you tell them about EOS for sure. So, how how do you measure success with a project like Lumius? What is the the grand vision of all of this? Like five to ten years from now, what is Lumios? Like when when people talk about it, what 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 is it? That's that's, that's, that's an awesome question. Again, the the we want users to like the way I envision this is we want user to be able to use the internet, go online the same way they do today, but whenever they they have anything important to say, they they can put it into boxes and into into plugins into the website. And anything that goes into that box, which is going to be the, the Lumios box everywhere, will be their own data. They will be their own, completely owned by them. And our vision is to not be a centralized social media or social networking platform, but we want to basically be into every website, just like a new experience. So think of it as like a Steemit that can be plugged into any kind of website and anyone can get you um, um, something back for the data that you're sharing. And does it go beyond pools or like what's the, what's the phase after pools? Because yeah. So, um, so we, we started with polls because that's like the, like one of the uh, more simple uh, ways of, uh, of, of telling the user that just like by, by answering, by clicking yes, no, or AB, you actually can make something out of it. But like after polls, we're going to go with like comments. We're going to go with uh, longer form content. We're going to go with uh, followers and connections and more location data. And uh, we're going to the reviews system where um, users can uh, have a one-star, five-star system for a lot anything, whether it's in e-commerce, whether it's in um, like Yelp situation, like Yelp or, or hotels and and then, and then, then later milestones will focus more on um, anything else, like in, like images and videos and any kind of uh, content that can become very useful. All right. So, we've talked about uh, some RAM prices, about your project. Is there anything you, you'd like to talk about that that you want our listeners to know? We have a, we have a several thousand listeners for every episode. They're all mo- mostly hardcore EOS users. We've got block producers listening. We have some of the, the VC funds listening. What, what do you want to talk about to them? Um, yeah, actually. So one thing we actually figured out with the EOS ecosystem is the developer community is, is kind of weak. I mean, it's not on par with Ethereum currently. And, um, as, as us positioning ourselves as like the biggest, uh, the number one project in, uh, that is building on EOS that is in Silicon Valley, um, we want to make sure to give back to the community. So we're building, um, we're building a developer community over here in, in San Francisco, and we've been like really helping out with uh, meetups and, and and spreading the knowledge about EOS. Um, just yesterday, we actually happened uh, to uh, talk about EOS and Ethereum inside the Uber headquarters in San Francisco um, for like interested pe- people inside Uber who are interested in blockchain and what are the latest um, uh, advancements there. So we're we're always trying to give back uh, and trying to be the um, um, the like role model for developers and, and getting more developers excited about EOS in Silicon Valley. Do you, do you think that's one of the biggest pain points for for blockchain startups is finding talent? That that's typically what I hear is it's almost impossible to find enough developers. Yeah, finding talent has been uh, is always an issue. Fortunately, it's uh, given that we're located in San Francisco, it's it's a bit easier. My 
my network of connections is, is, is pretty big actually. And I, uh, I'm, I've been like very lucky because you wouldn't be able to find that kind of talent pool, uh, everywhere, especially because you have a face to face connection, uh, rather than like the online connection, which is, which is always a big plus when it comes to crypto projects. Um, just making sure that validity of, 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 of people and, uh, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, talent is, is getting talent is, is a big part and, but the best part about EOS is you can get, as long as you know um, a few things, you can immediately start developing, which is which is huge. That's why we're uh, uh, we can get like any software developer, and then we'll explain to them what blockchain is, what EOS is, and then they're good to go within like a few days. So for for someone who, who's already a mid to senior level uh, developer, what what? I mean, you did this yourself. You went, you went from reg, a regular developer engineering background and then you got interested in the blockchain. What, what advice would you have for someone else who's interested in getting started? Would you it, it advise them to reach out to uh, early projects like yours or would you advise them on starting on a hobbyist project? How, how, how'd you make that transition? Yeah, for me, it was, I just attended a few um, developer meetups and I just did the correlation between decentralized world and the decentralized world and it kind of clicked immediately like from from distributed systems to decentralized systems is not a big leap in my opinion so I, I was able to get it easily but I realized that for newcomers who are coming from different backgrounds yeah they, they there is going to be some um, like steep learning curve um, we're working on making like we're working on coming up with more meetups and more expl- explanation on uh basically between myself and my CTO, we're building a developer community and a kind of like explainers for newcomers who are coming from the Ethereum space or who are coming from outside the blockchain space and educating them about blockchain and EOS and, and how to build a decentralized application. Why do you need to build a decentralized applications and all those things? Interesting, Ellie. So, so you got your big date. It's coming up August 1st. Um, you mentioned earlier it, it's uh, a, a close, uh, a, beta, a group of beta testers, you mentioned, I think five, the number of 500. And then later on, maybe a month down the line, you want to open up publicly. Um, is it closed yet or could people still get involved with this beta launch? No, uh, you could sign up on our website right now, uh, lumius.io, and sign up for the uh, become a beta uh, tester at this point. And then uh, we'll send, drop you an email with instructions on how to download the app and uh, play around with it and give us feedback. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's an open list, so you can keep on uh, uh, subscribing uh, throughout August, and we're hoping to open it up for the public based on the feedback in September. And is the app for iOS, Android, or both? We're working on both Android and iOS, so. Awesome. All right, man, it, it's been great having you on the show. It was interesting learning a little bit about your background, because I think you're a very talented individual. I think you've got great people on your team. I think you're going about uh, the funding of this project in the right way. Um, if people want to learn more about Lumios, they can go to lumios.io, uh, check out the white paper. Um, it was great having you on the show, man. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. Appreciate it.